Uh, today we're learning Maseches Nazir Daf Lamed Hey, and we're starting seven lines or so from the bottom of Lamed Dalad Amud Beis, in the middle of the line at Omar Mar. Let's do Chazara, just a quick Chazara, not a long Chazara. We saw that there's a Machlokes in our Mishnah as to whether or not, actually in the Brisa, as to whether or not the leaves and the shoots of uh, grapes are included in the Isser of uh, Nazir, or if they are not included in the Isser of Nazir. And we saw that there was a machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon. And yesterday we explained that Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion that the way he viewed this Pasuk was in the lens of Ribui and Miut. Masha'en came the Rabbanon were looking at this Pasuk through the lens of Klale Uprate. And we spoke about this yesterday. We're going to extend the conversation into today. Um, when I was learning this, I took notes. The, it's very hard to like hold cup with every distinction, so I wrote them down. It makes it much easier to write things down uh, in these kinds of sugas. Now, when we were analyzing the sheets of the Rabbanan yesterday, which is a, the case was actually a case of Prat Uklal Uprat. It's very hard for me to say that because I'm used to the other one, which we're going to learn about later. But uh, so, which is not one of the Yud Gimel, which is itself interesting, because there's a lot of things that are left out. Rabbi Shmuel was his own, had his own, there's no Rebu Yumiut either, which is, uh, okay. So yesterday we had learned uh, the following line, which we're repeating. Then the first five lines that we're going to be learning now are a repeat. We had said yesterday that in regards to the Pradu Klalu Prad, that Omar Mar, we had said, Imaha Prad Mufurash Pri Gomor, maybe we would have thought that the Pasuk was speaking about a full Pri. Afkol Pri Gomor, says the Gemara, that couldn't have been what the Prat Uklal Uprat was talking about, because Amris, if you were to have said that, then what would have been left out of the Pasuk? If the Torah had told us in regards to the Klal Uprat, in regards to the Prat Uklal Uprat, that the type of fruit we're talking about is a perfectly complete fruit, namely the full grape. So then, then we know what's included. The grape is included. Everything else is left out. And therefore, that's impossible. Because we would have known the din of and we also would have known we would have known all of these halachas because if it's a pre, it's a pre. If it's not a pre, it's not a pre. So it says the Gemara, uh, as we saw yesterday, again, still in the quotations here, you shouldn't assume that it's like that uh, presumption of that we're talking about a full fruit, that that's what the Pasuk is referring to. <laughs> and because we know that the Pesukim are there to add more than what we would have thought, <laughs> what was it that the Torah was doing by adding in another prat? This is the final prat. So it's prat, uklal. And then this last prat of Nichartzan and Vadzog. So we had said, Lomar prat Whenever you see a prat followed by a klal, So we have this very important distinction, though subtle, and that is as follows. We know there's something called a prat uklal prat. There's also something called a prat uklal. The prat uklal is far more inclusive than a prat uklal prat. If you have a prat uklal, so then what we do is we take the prat and we take the klal and we add them. So there's many, many, many cases of iser. However, in the case of prat uklal uprat, it's way more limited. So we're only missing one word. But in halachic terms, the difference between prat uklal on the one side and prat uklal uprat on the other because we added that last prat, it's a way more limiting and non-inclusive version of understanding a pasuk. Ad says the, the last line of Lamed Dalad Amid Beis, and that's the difference between um, a pasuk that's only a prat uklal versus our pasuk by Nazir, which is 
pratu klalu prat, way, way, way more limiting. And this was the shita that we saw of the Rabbanon that did not seem to include the alim and the lulavim, the leaves and the shoots. So let's review our machlokes. According to Rabbi Eliezer, because the way he learned the Pasuk was based on ribuyim and miutim, he therefore said that because that's a bit of a looser type of limud, so therefore a nazir would be chayef for eating not only the grapes, but also the leaves and the shoots, but not the bark, not the vine. Masha'en Cain, according to this approach of pratu, uh, of pratu klalu prat, that's going to be um, even more limited in scope, as we pointed out, the Pratu Klalu Prat is the most one of the most limiting of all of the Yud Gimel Midos So when you see that, you can expect a very small sample of Isser when you're done. Our small sample of Isser is the grape, according to the Pratu Klalu Prat. The Alim and the Lulavim, the leaves and the shoots are not part of the Isser. You can eat them if you're a Nazar. You just can't eat the grape itself. Now, we just pointed out at the end of this quote that the third, the second prat was Micharsanim Vaadzag. But if you'll recall, we learned in our Mishnah yesterday at the top of Lamadal Adam Bez the following line. The Gemara says on the very top line of Lamad Hamadal, ben Yesterday we saw in our Mishnah this unique shita of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah that he learned the Pasuk of Micharsanim Vaadzag to teach us the following Lomar that you have to eat two Kharsanim and one Zag based on the fact that the Pasuk speaks in plural by Kharsanim and speaks in singular in regards to Zag. So if that's true, if that's true, then we don't have our second prat anymore because it's being used already. According to Belazar ben Azariah, the Pasuk of Micharsan Vaadzag is not available for the Prat. So we have a Prat and a Klal, everyone agrees. But the second Prat, it seems to be that Belazar ben Azariah isn't allowed to use the Pasuk of Micharsan Vaadzag for the second Prat. Why not? It's being used already. It's being used already. It says the Gemara, uh, so the Gemara says, Savar Laib must be the Belazar ben Azariah holds like Kirabi Eliezer it seems to be that Rabbi Eliezer doesn't hold like our approach of the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon said that the Psukim should be looked at through the lens of Pratu Klalu Prat. That doesn't work for Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah because the final Prat was from the Pasuk of Mechar Sanim Vadzag. But the Pasuk Mechar Sanim Vadzag was used already. You can't use it twice. We know this rule from Drushes. You can't use it twice. So therefore, says the Gemara, it must be, we have no other option but to say that Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah is not learning Pratu Klalu Prat, but rather he is learning Ribuye Umiute. So says the Gemara, that's one possible answer. V'ibais Ema, now the language turns back. A couple of days ago, it was V'ibais Tema. And here the language is V'ibais Ema. A lot of inconsistencies in the text. But says the Gemara, you might think that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah is trapped into holding like Rabbi Eliezer, that we're talking about a case of ribuye umiyute, that that's the right way to look at the Pasuk. But says the Gemara, we could even explain the Shita, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Kirabonan. We're six lines down on Lamed Hey Amad Aleph. Let's continue. The Isal Kedaitach, Kedamar Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. If you really want to say that all that was meant to be learned, learned from the words of Mechar Tzanim Va'adzag, was the drush of Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah of two chartzanim and one zag, says the Gemara, no way. Then lichtavei rachmona lahai mechartzanim ve'ad zag gabe prate. Then we should be able to use it in regards to the to the prat as well. Lemai hilchas akasve basar klal. Why was it written after this? Shmamina lemidaine bichlal uprat. So says the Gemara, the way that it was written, mechartzanim ve'ad zag is an odd way to write it. We'll see why that's true in a minute. 
And therefore, we're able to learn it even as a prat. Says the Gemara, but if it's able to be learned as a prat, the ema kule lahachi hudasa, maybe the entire pasuk of mechartzan and va'adzag is for the prat. And then we can't learn out mechartzan and va'adzag that the only isra is when there's two chartzanim and one zag. So im kain, if that were to have been true, says the Gemara, licht of oshne chartzanim, oshne zagin, then the pasuk should have said two chartzanim and two zagin, o chartzan v'zag. They should have kept the you know, we do this in our writing all of the time. You know, we say, when we're talking about one person, we'll say like, oh, they said, we'll correct that as English teachers and say, that's not correct English. You got to get the plurals and the singulars right. It is now. It's been recorded. It's been recorded. I'll, I'm going to say it outright. If you're one person, you're not a they. So the Gemara here says, sorry. What, in the bracha? You, with one Kohen, do you say Kohanim, one Neidachan, or... Oh, what, the, what does the Chazan say? Yeah, say anything. They go straight to the Oh. In Eretz when I lived in Israel, by the way, we the, the Chazan never was the one who said Kohanim. The Gabai always would say Kohanim when I was in Eretz Yisrael. So when I moved back to America and I started davening here, I'm like, they're waiting for me to say it. I'm not even supposed to talk. I thought it was like us or to talk. I didn't know. It's a, it's a difference in Minig Eretz Yisrael and Minig America. Okay, anyways, the Gemara says that we have room. Oh, you just missed all the fun. Uh, it says the Gemara. It, oh, oh. <laughs> so, so says the Gemara, says the Gemara that if it were to be that the Pasuk of Micharzan and Vadzag was meant to be used only as a prat, so why the strange language? Why why did we have the, the missed matchup of singular to plural? Mechartzan and Vadzog. So says the Gemara, Lamai Hilchas Akasa Rachman and Mechartzan Vadzog. Shmamino, the Midrash Bey Klaalu Prat. Vikanami the Midrash Bey Ad Sheyochas Nechartzan and Vadzog. Says the Gemara, because of the weird phraseology of Mechartzan and Vadzog, Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria can use it for two purposes. He can use it for Klaal Uprat and for the, sorry, he can use it for Prat Uklaal and the last Prat. And he can also use it to say that the Isser occurs when you eat two chartzanim and one zag. Why? Because the language is weird. And we're picking up on the fact that the word chartzanim is plural when the word zag is singular. Okay. Now, yesterday, when we were at the simpler parts of this sugya, the Gemara said, and we're now halfway down on Lamed Hayam and Aleph, what did we say? According to Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria, who looks at this pasuk from the lens of a miut and a ribui, does he hold a prat uklal uprat minolik? Where does he get the idea? It's still a thing, right? It's hard for us to know. I don't know the answer to this. When we look at a pasuk and we say ribui vimiut, versus when we look at a pasuk and when we say klale uprati. Very hard to know. I don't know the answer to that question. And we're not going to see it today. But it's hard to know that. But we do know that there is this thing of prat uklal uprat. So it says the Gemara, where does Rabbi Eliezer see that as it's sourced? So says the Gemara, Amrabi Abo, Nafkale Mehaikra. He learns it from the following Pasuk. Now, whenever you learn Psukim uh, and you're, you're going to then parse them out by Pratim and Klalim, it's always healthy to see the whole Pasuk first. So much easier to understand when we're done. So let's take a look at this Pasuk in the margin here, if you have the Pasuk. If not, I'll read it out loud for you. Pasuk in Shemos Kafbez. Ki Tain Ishal Re'ehu, Chamor, Oshor, Oseh, Vichol Behemalishmor. The uh, you're, someone gives you an animal to watch. You're now a shomer. Umes onishbar onishba ein roe, and it dies, or the item that you're watching breaks, or it's been captured and nobody saw. So this is the pasuk. How does the, does this pasuk get parsed out? Says the Gemara. We're drilling down to the types of animals. That's a prat. Good. 
Then it says, V'chol behema, that's a klal. And then the Pasuk circles back, Lishmor, you need to watch that animal, Chazar uprat. And what's that? Pratu klal uprat, prat. So we have an answer. We have a Pasuk, which, according to Rabbi Eliezer, presented here by Rabbi Abo, but Rabbi Abo is answering for Rabbi Eliezer, right. that even though Rabbi Eliezer views the Pesukim that we started with by Nazir, he views those as ribuye ute, but he does agree that there's a pasuk of pratu klalu prat, and it is this pasuk that we have here by Shomer. It's, it's, it's not just one thing. Bishmor encompasses everything. Um, it's true, but when you're doing shmira, you're doing it on the one item, whatever the animal is. The Rishonim discussed this question, mm-hmm. and we'll see it again in another frame, in another pasuk, very similar type of question that you're asking. But that is, Rabbi Resnick explained it that way also, is that you're watching one thing. You're watching your one item, and that's considered to be uh, the prat. It's a great question, though. Now, Rava gives a second answer, a second possible source as to how we know that Rabbi Eliezer agrees to pratu klalu prat. Here's the next Pasuk. Omar, Nafkaleme Haikra. It's from the following Pasuk. Let's read the Pasuk inside. This is a Pasuk, Vayikra Yud, Vayikra Perak Aleph. It's important where this is located. Vayikra Perak Aleph, Pasuk Yud. We'll come back to this in a moment. What does the Pasuk say? Viminatzon korbano, minaksavim, minhaizim, leola, zachar tamim, yakri venu. Back in the in the Gemara, seven line, eight lines up. The im mean if it is from, you didn't need the word mean, should have said im tzon. What does it mean? Mean, that's prat. Hatzon, that is the flock, a broad language, therefore klal, and ksavim ve'izim, those are specific small animals, then chazaru prat, and therefore pratu klalu prat, prat, one way or the other, Rabbi Eliezer now has a source that indicates that he holds a pratu klalu prat. So says the Gemara, Rava's answer is very difficult. Says the Gemara, Omar lei Rav Yehuda midiskarta le Rava. So they clearly were talking to one another, they lived at the same time. Fourth century of the Amorim, they lived about a um, hundred or so years after Rebbe. This is in the early to mid three hundreds of the Common Era, and says the Gemara, the Rebbe Yehudami Discarta did not like Rava's response. Why didn't you learn from another pasuk? min hadein kra. Why didn't you learn from the other pasuk? What other pasuk is he talking about? So Rava quoted a pasuk from Vayikra, Perak Aleph pasuk Yud, but he should have used the pasuk eight psukim earlier, which is Vayikra Perak Aleph. Pasuk Beis. So he said, like, why did you ditch? <laughs> you overlooked the Pasuk 8 Pesukim ago. In Rava's head, he's coursing through Zilberman style the entire time. Uh, I got one. It's Vayikra Perak Aleph Pasuk Yud. He's like, Rabbi Yudami Descartes is like, why would you do that? You just skipped over a Pasuk. That's a perfect example of Pratukla Luprat. What's the Pasuk? Let's read it in the, in the, in the side first. Daber al Yisrael, beginning of Parshas and Sefer Vayikra. Vayamarta lehem, Adam ki akri mikem korban l'ashem, min habeyma, min habakar, min atzon takrivu, es korbanchem. Back inside, four lines from the bottom. Min, that word, as we pointed out in the previous Pasuk, is a prat. Habeyma, referring to animals in general, is a klal. Bakar v'tzon, chazaru prat. And therefore, this is our question mark against Rava. Rebutimi Descartes is like, you, you just overlooked one. Why would you do that? Amarle, Rava responds to Rebutimi Descartes. I have a very good reason as to why I didn't pick Pasuk Beis and why I picked Pasuk Yud. And here's the answer. From Pasuk Beis, you're not able to learn out Pratu Klal Uprat. Why? If I would have used that pasuk as my source for pratu klalu prat, then hava mina that when it says ha behema the animal, it was a broader language of 
Chaya bichlal behema, which is an odd thing to say. And Rabbi Hudami Descartes will knock this down in a moment. So therefore, therefore, Rava couldn't even, his brain was like, no, that doesn't work. Because like, behema is too broad. It might include chaya, and that's not true. So therefore, it's not a good product. So it says, Rabbi Hudami Descartes, back to Rava, top of Lamed Hayam Beis. We're going to go to the two dots, four lines from the bottom of the page. Amar le, chaya bichlal behema. Look, we are budding Talmidei Chachamim. Let's, let, let's give ourselves a nod. <laughs> None of us would say that a chai is a behema. Why is Rava saying that a chai is a behema? And, what? Rava said he couldn't use that pasuk because ha-behema implied that way. So Amar Lei, chai bichlal behema? Rava, what are you talking about? How could a chai be bichlal behema? Haksiv, the pasuk says two words later. Haksiv, bakar vitzon. That's the Aleph here, that we have an extra word here. He completely rejects Rava. Rava says the Pratu Klal Uprat doesn't work because the word Habahema is too broad. And Rav Yudhami Skart is like, it's called contextual learning. It says Bakar and Son in the same Pasuk. So what are you talking about? So Rava wasn't comfortable with using Pasuk, um, pasuk Beis. Rav Yudhami Skart was. Fine. Either way, we answered our question. We were troubled. Where does Rav Lazar, Rabbi Eliezer, hold? If we know the Rabbi Eliezer looks at the Psukim by Nazirus as Ribuye Umiute, where do we see Rabbi Eliezer using Psukim, learning them through the lens of Pratu Klalu Prat? And we've given three examples, uh, three of which are acceptable to most, and only two of which are acceptable to Rava. Rava couldn't handle Pasuk Beis. Says the Gemara, Uminayin Dehachihu, which is not helpful because I don't know what you're talking about. So says Sayyid Balaya Tosos, just look to the right. Second Tosos, Dibur Masal, Minalan Dahachi. Arabonan Kai. Didarshe Leel Klalu Pratu Klal. This is the wrong language. It actually should be Pratu Klalu Prat. That's a correction. So according to the Shita of the Rabbanan, who are Doresh, Pratu Klalu Prat, Umarbek Ein Haprat, and you limit the Drusha by that last Prat, how do you know that this works? Says the Gemara, let's take a look. Titania. We have a Pasuk in regards to Miser. Let's read the Pasuk in full. The Pasuk says, You're allowed to transfer the sanctity of your Miser onto a coin. This is for Miser Shani. Bring it to Yushalayim carry the coins, buy acceptable foods that you're allowed to buy in Yushalayim, and then eat them. But what are the acceptable foods? In order to know which foods are acceptable, we need to know what this drasha is. This is like the biggest muster behind these kinds of gemaras that are very hard and technical, is that this is the only way to extract Ratzon Hashem from Sukkim. I know it's hard. I find them, please excuse me, difficult to learn, difficult to teach, and less enjoyable than other gemaras. This is the only way that the Chachamim were able to draw out what we need from the Sukkim. So it is, I know it's hard, but we like that's our that's our desire to hang on to the to hang on here because even though it's somewhat hard, this is really the only way to understand this Pasuk. So it says the Bryce as follows Titania. Now a klalu pratu klal is not the same as a prat uklal uprat. And we're going to see what those differences are in the Gemara. Very subtle, very small differences. And by the way, this is 
probably why the Baleatosos had their language as klalu pratu klal, because the example that the Gemara gives really isn't answering up the way the Rabbanan was supposed to be answered, because the Rabbanan were talking about a pratu klalu prat. So it's probably, I'm just guessing, it's probably the case that when the Baleatosos said klalu pratu klal, they were quoting from the Gemara right in front of them. Okay, now, based on this, what is it that we learn from this klalu pratu klal? So what we've extracted from the Klaalu Pratu Klaal is as follows, eight lines down. Mahaprat mefurash primi pri vigidule karka. That which is referenced in the Pasuk <coughs> is the fruit of a fruit and is, it says, grows from the ground. It means nourished from the ground to exclude, for example, a fish, which is not nourished from the ground. Animals are nourished from the ground. They graze. Fish are not. So therefore, here's what we would then include in regards to what's capable of being part of Meiser Shani, af kol primi pri karka. Take a look at Rashi, the Rivan, seven lines down on the page, Dibur Maskel Datanya. The Gemara says that based on this drush of Israbulahu Ophos, we can include into the list of Meiser Shani things that are primi pri, they grow from one generation to the next, and they're also gidule karka. And says the Rashi, says the Rivan, vi'im itu lehu dagim. But fish, you can't take Meiser Shani money and go to the fish market. You're not allowed to do that. She'ein gedelin al hakarka. We saw this uh, two years ago. This is not something that actually is nourished from the ground. So based on the commonalities of the klalu pradu klal, what we extract from there is only certain things can be purchased with Meiser Shani money. It has to be primi pre. They have to grow from one generation to the next, which is true of vegetation. It's true of animals, just not true of fish, true of chickens. And it also has to be nourished from the ground. Okay. So then we answered that question. We said, how do we extract things? This is our marimakam, our primary marimakam. Michti says the Gemara, wait one second. When we have a case like we just had by Meister Shani, where we have the klal first, prat second, klal last, we follow the prat. Klala basra my ahani. If we... What does the last klal do? If we had klalu prat, wouldn't we also follow the prat? What does the last klal do for us? Klala basra my ahani. Says the Gemara, ahani le'osufe kol the damile. Says the Gemara, that's what we just saw, is that it adds in things that are similar. This last klal added to the list of acceptable Meister Shani food, chickens. It added to the list of acceptable Meister Shani food, anything that was mufurash primi pri and gidule karka. Without that, we would have had an incorrect understanding of the Pasuk. The Suan, furthermore, says the Gemara, third of the way down, Pratu klalu prat kein prat dainan. We have a similar structure, but inverted. In the case that we were dealing with, with the Rabbanan of Pratu klalu prat, where we do follow the prat as well, Prata basra mai ahani. What does the last prat add to the mix? Says the Gemara, Ilav Prata Basra. If I didn't have the last detail that was mentioned in the Pasuk, let's use our Nazar example of Mechartan and Vadzag. Havamina, I might have thought, Nase Klal Mosifala Prat. If I only had Prat Uklal, I would have assumed that those two things add to one another, Prat and Klal, not just Prat or Klal. But now that I've added another Prat, I know it's extremely limited. So the difference between a pratu klal and a pratu klal uprat is night and day. Had we said Nazirus was about prat uklal, the whole vine would have been forbidden for Nazirus. But because it's a prat uklal uprat, 
So therefore, we say, no, not everything is going to be us or only the grape, according to the Rabbanon, within this example. Umichti says the Gemara, and now it starts speaking in code, like we're comfortable with this stuff, mm-hmm. says the Gemara, train klaleu prata. When you have two klalem and a prat, a.k.a. klalu pratu klal, right? you're starting to like get too comfortable. Let's just keep the wordy part because it was easier. And if you also have utrain prate uklala, and if you have a prat uklalu prat, two prats and a klal, Kain prata dininan, they're both very similar. My ika beni uveni. So says the Gemara, what is the difference between a klalu prat uklal, where we follow the prat, and a prat uklal uprat, where we follow the prat? Why did you create two constructs, Akadosh Baruch Hu, for us to learn from when they both function the same way? And this is an important question because we're used to seeing some of these in Rabbi Shmuel. We learn klalu pratu klal We don't learn the other one, which is important because if we don't learn it, that if we only look at the Torah through the lens of Rabbi Shmuel, <coughs> then certain halachos wouldn't apply. So says the Gemara. Here's the difference between klalu pratu klal on the one hand and pratu klalu prat on the other. Ika de ilutartein klalu prata when we're dealing with a klalu pratu klal. Even if there's only one commonality between that which I'd like to include and that which is the Pusik included, even if there's only one commonality, the Klalu Prat Uklal would include it. But in regard to Tre Prate Uklale, Klala, when I'm dealing with a Prat Uklalu Prat, there, only if there's a double feature of comparison will I include them. But But if there's only one feature of similarity between what the Pusik included and what the Prat would like to add, no dice. Therefore, Klalu Pratu Klal is the most limiting factor. It not only focuses on the Prat, but even if a sample that's similar to the Prat has one common feature to it, it's included in the Yisr. Very strict. But the Prat Uklalu Prat doesn't include everything under the sun. Most things, yes. But in order to include a sample, it has to have two features that are common and not one. So let's say, for example, that we saw above in the case of the Klalu Prat Uklal of the Meister Shani, we had said that there were two features. One feature was that it was Primi Pri, and one feature was that it was Gidule Karka. According to the version of Klalu Prat Uklal, even if only one of those two features applied, we would include it in the list. But had the drasha been pratu klalu prat, we would not have included that feature with only one similarity. We would have needed two. So the strictest level of learning, the, the tightest, uh, say the most inclusive version of Isser is klalu pratu klal. The one under that is prat uklal uprat. <coughs> Says the Gemara, 10 lines or so from the bottom. Michti, prat uklal, when the prat comes first and there's a klal, this we saw that when you have only Pradu Klal, we add in so much. It's everything. So now the Gemara wants to know. At the end of the day, they're very similar. If you have a Ribui and a mute, it's no difference to a Prat and a Klal. Says the Gemara, an answer that requires the Rishonim to contort themselves to figure out what's going on, because this completely upends what we learned yesterday. Ika, it is the case that when it comes to the case of Prat Uklal, 
Pradu Klal would have included into the Isra of Naziris Alan and Ulavin, the leaves and the shoots. But in the case of Mied Viriba, Lulavin in Alan Lo. This is not what we learned yesterday. Because yesterday we said, why does Rabbi Eliezer in the Brisa include leaves and shoots? Because he says, Ribuyu mute. What does this Gemara say? Ribuyu mute only includes the Lulavin, but not the leaves. So the Balea Tosos pick up on this. Don't worry. I know it's a massive Tosos, but we're only le- learning the first line. Tosos, um, three-fourths of the way down, and the Balea Tosos there say, Tema, that doesn't make sense. That's not how we started the sugya. We started this whole sugya with a machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbana. Rabbi Eliezer says that the shoots and the leaves are included in the Yisr. Why? Ribui v'miut. Our sugya ends? No. Ribui v'miut is only the lulavin and not the, and not the leaves. Stira. And the Baleatosos call it out. So now we're going to split yet another hair, which is that there are multiple kinds of leaves which is the only way to get around it. The Yesh Lomar, say the Balea Tosvos, right under the Dibur HaMaskel, middle of the line, Dile'el, earlier when the Gemara presented the Ribuimut of Rabbi Eliezer, where he included the leaves, that was Mairi Ba'alin Rachin, Dumya Dilulavin, those are the soft leaves that are very similar to the shoots. The Hacha, when our Gemara says that the Ribuy and the Mute leaves out the leaves, that they are not included in the Yisra of Nazirus, that's Mary de Koshek Tzas, the Damuk Tzas the Shabishta. They're more similar in their nature to the actual vine itself, which is more wood-like. So now, if this were to be the case, had we Paskin this way, that means that if you're a Nazir, that you're not allowed to eat certain leaves and you are allowed to eat other leaves and you'd have to know the difference between them. We'll stop right here and pick up Tamar Mir Tzashem at the bottom of Lamed Hayam and Beis at the two dots, wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah, I'll speak to you.